Hi, I'm Suzanne Nance, and this is a special edition of All Classical Portland's The State of the Arts. On Tuesday, July 14th, the Oregon Legislature's Joint Emergency Board voted to approve $200 million for COVID-19 relief, including a $50 million package for arts and cultural organizations and for venues throughout the state. Joining me to discuss this $50 million boost to the state's cultural sector is the president and CEO of the Oregon Symphony, Scott Showalter. Thanks for joining me, Scott, for this special edition of the State of the Arts. Good to have you here, especially after Tuesday's news. It is no secret that for a very long time you've been vocal with elected government officials, encouraging them to formally recognize the importance of the arts in our ecosystem and to provide emergency funding, especially at this time. How did this measure by the emergency board come to pass? I laid out this case to elected officials, as did my peer leaders at anchor arts institutions for the foundation that we provide to the arts and culture community in Portland, in Salem, and indeed across the Pacific Northwest. At the same time, we provide an economic stimulus to downtown Portland and the towns of Salem, Newburgh, and beyond. So my understanding that they're providing stabilization support for the anchor arts institutions and in fact many more arts institutions whose grants have yet to be quantified that was the decision on tuesday of this week it's part of the overall cares program that the federal government is sharing dollars with uh, individual states for business recovery and fortunately oregon was foresighted in helping to support arts and venues organizations as well. What does this mean for the Oregon Symphony? And is it enough? What they have provided is $1.75 million, which seems like a generous grant, and indeed it is. It will cover approximately half of our baseline costs until the end of this calendar year. So it does not help us fully before the end of 2020, nor does it provide for the programs beginning in January and beyond. And we're gonna need to make sure that we not just survive this period, but moreover are poised to thrive once we are able to do so. So there's a lot of fundraising still ahead. The state was generous in providing a first and good chunk of that amount. Scott, tell us, what normally happens at this time, the summer months? Is this a time when the musicians would have been normally furloughed? They would have, indeed. So we have a 42-week contract, which takes us through mid-June, typically. And then for the remainder of the summer months, they often teach or play in regional festivals. That work largely is cut off for them as well. But the Oregon Symphony has made the commitment that during the summer months, certainly, and into the fall and beyond, as long as we are, we are around, we are going to provide health insurance for our musicians. So that is our number one fundraising priority. Our ticketing office staff are great at working with our patrons who have tickets to the now canceled shows and encouraging them if they are so willing to donate those tickets back. I 
promise for all those interested, we will place 100% of, of those funds towards musicians' health insurance. We have other options as well. We trade them in for gift certificates or swap them for uh, subscription tickets in the 21-22 season. I, I just think about this time that we're in and how music and art can bring us together. And we, we just, we need the arts and we need to make sure they're here on the other side. And I'm, I'm grateful to our elected officials in Salem that they've made such a statement. Um, a lot more work yet to do. As the leader of one of our biggest performing arts organizations in Oregon, what is your response to that sentiment that somehow magically the arts are just going to be okay through this? I say that recognizing your most recent press release from the Oregon Symphony when you announced that you have canceled the remainder of your concerts for 2020. This kind of cancellation of so many concerts and events hasn't happened for the Oregon Symphony since World War II. Well, I can guarantee you it won't happen magically. Um, it is a lot of hard work. We want to come back. It is not a given, however, that we will be able to come back. And the only way we can come back is one, foremost, providing for the health and safety of the musicians on the stage and our patrons in the audience. That is our number one concern. Second, we've got to make sure that we've got the resources to stage everything that we are planning. So it takes a machine to uh, unwind the concerts and the contracts and the international travel visas for soloists, working with all of our partners around the greater community, other arts organizations and other social service groups. We work in schools, libraries, neighborhoods, correctional facilities, we're in sports venues, retirement homes, homeless shelters, immigration centers, hospitals, and on and on. And the only way we will be able to do those programs, which are all free, thanks to the generosity of donors, is to make sure that those resources are there as soon as we are able to come back and it's safe to do so. And experience what it's like to be with, with other people again and the magic of the Oregon Symphony. That's Scott Showalter, the president and CEO of Oregon Symphony. He's my guest on this special edition of the State of the Arts after two big announcements over the past week. One from the Oregon Symphony announcing the cancellation of the remainder of concerts and events through December 2020, and an announcement from the Oregon Legislature's Joint Emergency Board voting on $50 million in funding for arts and cultural organizations and venues throughout the state of Oregon. Scott, I'm going to ask you a painful question, and I'm, I'm sorry to even ask it, but what happens in January if you're still unable to return to the stage? Throughout history, civilizations have been defined by their artistic ingenuity. So we have to come back. We will come back in some form. If it is extended, God forbid this virus extends a whole lot longer, but we will make plans to do so. But right now we're focused on January. We are super excited for programs yet to perform, including an African-American Requiem, with which our Classical is our good partner alongside WQXR in New York. It's a story of Black boys and men lost to racial violence, and we were due to give the world premiere 48 hours before George Floyd's death. 
never were there such a time for music, artistic expression, relevancy, connection to our greater community than that subject right now. And it was COVID that stymied us from being able to produce it, but it is coming back in programs like that alongside, you know, the ever popular kids series and Mahler 9 with Carlos, who's in his 18th and last year as our incredible music director. We want to be able to celebrate him. We've got a lot to look forward to. So my sights are set there. And if we have to pivot yet again, we will be prepared to do so. What have you learned as a leader through all of this? not to take anything for granted. And I've learned that not just as the president of the Oregon Symphony, but in my personal life as well. It's made me realize the importance of what we do more than ever. It's not just entertainment, it's a coming together. And we miss that, we all miss that. That is something that's fundamental to who we are as humans. And so I think we have to bring that back. It it's. It's not a question of whether, we will, and the question is only when and how. And that is up to mother nature or existential forces as, a, as to the when, and the how is up to our community. That's Scott Showalter, the president and CEO of Oregon Symphony. To learn more, visit orsymphony.org. This has been a special edition of the State of the Arts, to hear or read archived interviews, visit allclassical.org. Special thanks to producers Andrea Murray and Christina Becker. For All Classical Portland, I'm Suzanne Nance. Thanks so much for listening.